What up, guys? Welcome to the Sound Centric Podcast. I'm Samuel Sarfo. I'm Adam Dash. And thank you all for tuning in for this week's episode. Today, we have another special guest with us from Illinois. Yes, he just dropped his third album, Wandering Out Loud, an incredible project. If you haven't heard it so far, we'll put the link in the description. Go and check it out. Uh, but Reed, thank you so much for being here, man. Welcome to the pod. Man, appreciate you guys for having me. I'm super excited. This has been You're excited, man. This has been like a year and a make. So <laughs> yes, a long time. But you know, as a fan of the pod, how we start things with a playlist title and a playlist song just to start our week. So Sam, it's been a week. How are we feeling? What's the playlist title? Uh, the playlist title is gonna be Kid A um, from Radiohead. That's one of their albums. All right. The song, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I wish you, you put me on the spot. I'm going to say Dominic Fike, How Much Is Weed? Um, honestly, I've been trying to get into more songwriting. I've been putting restrictions on myself, having to write every day. I have my note out, trying to get the creative juices flowing. It's so easy to get your you know, your cheese blocked, and I'm just trying to write as much as possible. Yeah. I've been in the stew a little bit, cooking up some things, so I just got to keep up the pressure. You know how it is as an independent artist. So yeah. <laughs> what about you, Adam? So as I was saying before we clicked record, I've been like I've been lacking motivation for what to write about, and sometimes it gets too like dark when you're writing, and it's like too depressing. Mm. And it's like you want to write some bars. So my playlist title and song is going to be uh, something to rap about Freddie Gibbs, as we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sometimes it, you get that little mental block, and you don't even know like what the first line should be. And the first line could be like the hardest thing, because like that sets off the entire rest of the song. But once you find that good bar to start the song off with, sometimes it just keeps going. So last night. I was able to write a full song. I there was happy go. about it, but it's been a minute. Yes, sir. But Reed, how how are we? What is the playlist title? What is the song? And I would say making up my own playlist title. I would say moving fast, and then I would say the yeah. song is Lifetime by Femdot and Sable because I feel like I've done this for a lifetime now, but I also feel like I don't do as enough as what I should. <laughs> yeah. Hey, shout out Femdot. He's amazing. Yeah, I saw it, him on that. Uh, the Chicago. They're so good. Bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw him, I saw him on the Red Veil tour and that guy was spitting. And I got his merch, it was cool shit. Yeah. I was before Luke went off of um Saba's um last tour he had because that was my first ever concert was Saba. Really? Mm-hmm. And I got to yeah, see I got to see him, Femdine, and Mindy. And I was like, this is amazing. And I got to see Pivot Gang. So I'm like, this is like all my favorite rappers and yeah. singers So I'm I'm good. That's Dude. fine. I missed that concert by one day in Columbus. I was oh, so pissed. Real? But yeah, yeah, I left the day before. And Loot had my basically my album of the year that year. I love that one. Gold, gold very, very Yeah, very solid album. Very solid. But Reed, man, everybody's your own harshest critic. Everyone goes super hard when critiquing themselves. Your album was incredible, dude. Here's your flowers for real because you're really putting yes, in the work and we see it and we hear it. And he's one of the best spitters I know in the indie realm right now. Like what I've heard, yeah. you and Kelly, top tier. And I really appreciate that, Sam. Because sometimes I feel like I don't be rapping about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> aren't, aren't most rappers rapping about nothing? I feel like that's just how it is, no? <laughs> I try to run. I just rap about everyday life. So I get <laughs> Man, the amount of times I'll write haters in my one of my lyrics, I'm like, I don't really got haters <laughs> besides myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna mention them just in case they come. People get mad <laughs> for using the same words sometimes, but I use them in a different context. Mm-hmm. Never yeah. understood. Never understood it. Other than know, that. This is random, but there's certain artists that like I've listened to so much that I know like what words they use so much. 
So, Dude, for example, doughy badass word is bomb. Yes, mm. I Bruh, even his hand is on his head. Man, <laughs> I told my my friend is a diehard Joey badass fan, and I love Joey. But I told him I'm like this word is. I know whenever he says word is bond, that means he's freestyling and he did not mm. write the verse because yeah. logic. 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 I was gonna say logic does the same thing. If you does know. it yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, Rome streets. This isn't like a freestyle thing. I think he just likes the word. He says peons so much. Yeah. And like, yeah. it's such a random word, but I've noticed he says peons. But he has logic and Joey are such big culprits of like using the same line slash wording. Yeah. I think Rome does it harder though. I feel like logic just oversaturates it sometimes. I still love logic. Yeah. Don't like I like I used to love Under Pressure is one of my favorite like debut yeah, albums I got, ever. But I'm obs- I got you can see I have everybody on my ceiling. I mean I used to I just love the concept albums what he used to do like the credible true story all that shit. That's Bang. how I got. Also, his his mixtapes are how I got into '90s hip hop because I would look up like what the instrumental was, and I would see it's like, oh, it's a J- I always know who Jay Z is, but I never really listened to his albums. And then I would listen to all Reasonable Doubt. I'm like, oh, that's where these beats came from. <laughs> Thinking that like maybe they were just like Logic was just had a good choice in beats. <laughs> you would think he usually he does. Think. He does. Man, his last his last two albums were his production is crazy, but I feel like he. I'm not trying to sound like a hater, but I feel like he wastes some of them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, his writing style doesn't do it for me as much as it did when I was in high school. All respect yeah. to him, and it's like it's awesome what he's doing now because he's an independent artist now. Yeah, and he's doing yeah. the whole Discord thing and interacting with the fans. I think that's yeah. sick. But I thought on that, like get, getting into his Discord, but I don't know. Maybe don't, I'll just. I don't want to pay. <laughs> but yeah, let's keep it. Let's keep it a beat. <laughs> I really just don't want to pay ten dollars a month. Yeah. <laughs> This would be a um, perfect segue. You had a line in your song, right? Um, and it really stood out to me. Making real raps from the indie traps. Don't be signing shit because they're playing with you and messing with your money. They don't give a shit about how it's coming, you know? And that's how you're taking pride in how much you are as an independent artist. But how do you feel in terms of people joining labels, signing to labels, especially with TikTok now seeing like the route which labels go to look for new artists? How do you feel about it? Do you want to stay indie? Do you want to have the ownership of everything? What do you think? I think if it benefits the person, signing a label is like kind of like a dream come true. That's always like the dream for any rapper, singer. It's like you came from this place, you really had nothing, and then you really made it up, and you're like, ah, Def Jam wants to sign you. Um, Interscope wants to sign you. Dreamville, which is technically still an independent yeah. label, wants to sign you, which that would be perfect sure. for me. That's like my dream. Bro. That's uh, like that's dream stable. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, I feel like more creativeness comes out of being independent than there is on a label. I like to have a lot of say for what I want to put out because if I don't put out mm-hmm. something that's not me and it's kind of like saturated by everybody else around me, that just doesn't make me as authentic as what I say I am. Mm-hmm. And that's what really dictates the line between face value and what's actually behind the machine. That's how I look at it. So like, obviously I don't have the numbers, but like being independent has opened doors for me to make friends like you guys AK, Seth, Frankie, Chess, like um, CQCX. We're not a label, but I mean, like, as a collective as a whole, like, it just fits. I found so many people through music that are like, I consider family now that I feel like if I was, say, I went on TikTok and made like a viral song right off the bat and then just like kind of saturated that for a whole like month to two months and then a label came up and like, hey, we want to sign you, even though you have one viral hit song. I feel like I wouldn't have those same relationships or had as fun with doing this. So that's why I kind of stay away from TikTok a little bit, 
which is not a bad thing. For numbers wise, it is obviously for an independent artist. <laughs> yeah. You should always that's a segue to anything. But at mm -hmm. the same time, I just like to I don't know. I think of myself like the blue collar type artist. Like I just like mm -hmm. the grind. I don't like to yeah. like obviously it's frustrating, but at the same time I like I just I just love it. I don't like to take days off where I know I could actually be doing something. It's just how my brain works. I guess. Yeah, no BS of random marketing and branding. You want to focus on the craft, on the art. And I know everybody wants to go to TikTok, right? I know TikTok is the new place to really, uh, you know, sell your music. But at the same time, I feel like, like it's so oversaturated at this point. And it's like, since everybody's doing it, is there even a point to hopping on, hoping to blow when Loki, you know, you won't maybe finding that forces you to find a different alternative or another creative endeavor to, to kind of push your music out there. But I love what you're doing. Seriously. I, Adam knows me. I'm not a TikTok user, but yeah. of course you use it for sound censoring, you know, that business, the numbers yeah. matter Loki. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And I appreciate that too. Cause like, if you, I'm going to be completely honest with you, I put stuff on TikTok and I use mm -hmm. TikTok, but I only use it to like, gain a little bit more fan base i like fan base more yeah. than like popularity type stuff like yeah i'm just yeah. always been like that like chance chance is one of my biggest inspirations and he was he's been independent forever but i mean like he said like superstardom levels but when he first started like his fan base was like that was one of the most genuine things i saw in music at that time and that's what really kick-started me to be like all right i need to start releasing music yeah that's how yeah. it starts because a lot of times people have followers but how many of those followers are going to buy a ticket? You know, y'all you, you heard yeah, what happened to Steve Lacey when some people came to his concert and they only knew the chorus to what was it, Bad Habits? Yeah. And they came to anything <laughs> else. That's what's going to happen when you just care about a bunch of ghosts with no face to them instead of an actual authentic yeah. fan base. You know, people like Chance, Logic, the, they, they kind of remind me of starting a real fan base that organic way, you know? Yeah, that's like the ultimate goal for me. I mean, like, obviously making it a career like as an independent artist would be amazing but i know at the same time realistically and where i'm at now like we're still in the starting stages of everything just like everybody else around me is also in the starting stages who might be yeah. more above than me right now but at the same time like they're still looking to find comfortability in the whole aspect of it and i know where i'm sitting at right now and i'm comfortable but i'm not like too comfortable to be like I'm going to just be like this the rest of the time, making music. Like, I want to at least progress chronologically. Yeah. And to everything you said, like, that's why I love Twitter over other social media platforms. <laughs> I just think, like, networking-wise and, like, actually making connections, it's, like, amazing. Like, my friend yeah. says he reads, like, the Instagram comment section. But for me, it's, like, too, it's too many comments and too many – it's not people actually interacting with each other. Versus Twitter, you can have like, a whole debate or conversation with people who become fans of your music, which I think is the best part. Like, yep. like Sam said, like getting a hundred likes on a random tweet doesn't mean a hundred people listen to your music. So it can be hard <laughs> sometimes true. not like, it true. can be hard sometimes focusing on that. I mean, I'll get like 10 likes on a tweet and I'm like, damn, this shit's hitting. I got, <laughs> I got over nine. Well, <laughs> nowadays, nowadays, 10 likes is actually pretty good because I feel like the algorithm's all jacked up. But yeah, back then, likes, it wasn't nothing. But nowadays, it's like, yeah, that's actually something. I was going to say, Adam, yeah. do you think the same thing that the algorithm is kind of slow? Because I think I feel like things are low-key popping way more than it is now, specifically on TikTok and Twitter. It's a lot more harder now. I don't know if it's just me, Some, but I've noticed that too. I mean, sometimes. I mean, so me and Sam just signed up for Twitter Blue because my brother for the longest time was like, you got to invest in it. I know, guys. Like, we stink. Yeah. We're lame. <laughs> Finally, I'm like, I'll try it out. And some of my tweets that were just random tweets, like Andrew Barber, if you know him, he, uh -huh. download, he downloaded my video and tweeted it for himself. 
So it's it was like an Action Bronson NPR tiny desk clip. So it says from Adam Dash at the bottom. So I don't think that would have happened if I didn't have Twitter blue. So yeah. I think it's a system is somewhat where random people have found my tweets that didn't follow me. But yeah, sometimes it's just zero likes. Also, I hate <laughs> that you can see I hate that you can see how many people viewed the tweet. Like it was just so unnecessary of a thing. Yeah. To add. Yeah. The hardest part I've ever had someone tell me on Twitter one time is they they said they made one of their hardest verses ever. Made a whole video and everything. Like, actually put, like, a $500 budget into it. Uh-oh. Put it on Twitter, and it got, like, three likes, and it was, like, one <laughs> k views. And I was like, oh, no, bro. Yeah. He was sad. I See, think I, he, he's stopping, I think. I don't know. He said he's stopping. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'd rather just not see that ever. It was so <laughs> unnecessary for anyone's mental health. Yeah, or like the you, you see it and then it says tweet has been deleted. It's like oh man. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like you said, Reed. It's like you said. You have to focus on the craft. Like I know sometimes when I'm you know when I'm focused on my work, I'm not even thinking about numbers per se. It's just because I love doing it. It's like you said. You just yep. love to rap. You love to write the bars, and that's gonna push you through. Especially when you just it's not gonna be easy. Especially as indie artists with no support, no backup, it's gonna be hard to get those numbers. But it's a process. It's a journey, and it's not gonna it's not gonna come quick like that it's gonna take time yep and i'm mm-hmm. prepared for that just again the album you were saying mm-hmm. this before and i cut you off but you made it your last six months of college what was the process why that time period you're like i'm gonna sit down make this album what it what went into it uh i think mostly just for my mental side of it because like college is i don't know if anybody knows but when they tell you go to college don't go to college i'm not the person to tell you not to it was fun, but at the same time, don't go to college if you don't have to. Um, senior year rolls around, you know, I'm thinking of a lot of things like, what am I going to do with my life after this, like, six-month period before I graduate? Like, how am I going to feel? Yeah, yeah. You see, you get it. How are you going to feel, like, <laughs> towards, like, the end of it? And that's just kind of where the landscape came from. So I came from the first six months, like, the end of the six-month period. I think might have been around spring break or um, winter break. I think winter break, and I was like, all right, I'm going to start on it. And then within that, I was, I made each song by a month, basically. If it adds up, I don't know. I might have made, and took you, a month off. but. And you've told me about this other album that you've been creating for a while. I'm not sure. Is that, is that something you're still doing? Like that, I'm not sure if you want to release the name of that. I am. Um, I, 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 still, I still have it in the works. I kind of shelved it for a little yeah. bit. So I'm, so I'm just curious what went into like making this album and kind of like bunny hopping that other one that you had planned. Yeah. And like, what's the difference between making this in six months versus like having an album that you've been creating for over a year? Like, for example, like Jay Cole's had the fall off and making it for five years. And we've discussed like what goes into making an album over that amount of time versus what's currently happening in your life. Yeah, I think it was a hard choice, to be honest with you, because when I was making it, I was like, man, I really don't want to stop. Cause I have spurts wherever I just, I'm um, just spontaneously want to like make something and make like a whole project within like a month of like exactly what I know what I want. And then I've been making that for like a year and I'm just like, I don't really want to shovel right now, but I know from my mental side, like I need to sit down and like, just have my thoughts throughout songs. I want to be able to say when I graduated, I dropped an album that basically explains the whole process of going through that. So it's basically an album about making an album, essentially, kind of. <laughs> about making an album. I like that. Yeah. I was going to say, um, what was the process and how, 
and how is it different from your previous albums um, with uh, Winslow and then Injury Report? How's the process a little bit different this time around? Uh, the Injury Report's not even really an album. It's a mixtape, but I still call it an album. Mm-hmm. So more of it, I was just trying to get out there. Winslow was more like, I want to do some summer type stuff. But Wandering Out Loud, was, I feel like it's my most personal one because a lot of it, yeah. a lot of stuff I say in there, people don't catch. But like when my family listens to it, they're just like, I never knew that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you check in yeah. on somebody after five years down the line, it's like, I never knew that about him. So that's essentially <laughs> what that album brought. And then just making, being able to actually have a, I love small albums. I don't know what it is. I just think they're more cohesive Not, and they're more easily to listen to. I'm team short album. Yeah. So I was like seven or eight. So I, I made eight and I was just like, okay. And just the process was fun because like I, I got to take time off too and like enjoy life. So I think that's also helps with a lot of people's writing and like my writing is just being able to enjoy life as much as possible before like, you know, the adult adult stuff comes around, which I'm already <laughs> yeah. dealing with that now, but I, it was fun. And so you mentioned this, and we had talked to Seth Such about this on Dende. But when it comes to writing about things that are really personal that people like might not know, what's like your process? Like the, how you get the confidence? Be like, fuck it, like I'm just gonna drop it. Because yeah. I've written things where I'm like, I don't want that person to listen to my song and be like, I know that's about me. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> that's funny you say that because a lot of stuff that I say is like pretty personal, and I feel like if I said it, said it out loud a lot of people would get the wrong idea. I'm very misunderstood sometimes the way I say things like not in a, like a bad person type way, but like my tone and some of the stuff is, I I would say it's kind of like misconstrued, but I think with rapping, it helps. That's why I like to make a lot of songs where I'm like trying to make a point. I put it in song because I feel like it's better that way. So like a lot of stuff, like, Growing up, like, in a single-parent home for most of the time, like, I, I rap about my mom a lot just because she was around a lot. I rap about my grandma and my aunt because, like, they were, when my mom was going to college when we were all young, she has she has four kids. She had three boys straight up the first go-around and then finally got a daughter. Wow. So, and she was doing all that. They were taking care of us, and they were, like, basically our second moms. And I was raised by women, so, like, I always have, like, that infinity love for, like, I'm always respectful and I always know how to be a gentleman in a certain way. Like my dad's were, my dad was around and then my stepdad was around. Like he, they still are, but not to the extent of like what I, they had to endure while they were still doing all this stuff, raising kids. And then with my grandpa being around. So it was more or less like when I say stuff, I rap about them a lot. Cause I actually mean it. Like, especially if it's like gratitude uh-huh. and they don't really listen to rap music. So it's kind of like, it's a different type of, um, yeah. It's a different type of like way of communicating. Like if I put, they're all country, like just love country. I don't get it, but <laughs> at the same time, like I do. And then I wonder why sometimes they come up to me. So they'll come up to me sometimes and just be like, I don't know how you made that, how you worded it that way. I'm like, yeah. it's just, I just my, let my thoughts go essentially. Yeah. My, my mom does not listen to rap music whatsoever. It's like I'll play her song where the whole ver- there's a whole verse about her, and she's like, "What was that song about?" I'm like, "That whole what?" I'm like, "I like said mom in it, like it was about you." She's like, "What?" I'm like, "She can't read the lyrics." I'm like, "You can't read my handwriting. Like it's not it's not." What it oh, you do you do pen paper? You do pen and paper still? Yeah, I do pen and paper, and my handwriting is so illegible. 
And sometimes I'll be like, if I rec- if I'm recording right after I write it, I know what it says. If I come back a week later, I'm like, what, is- <laughs> what word did I write right there? Read. You don't do pen to paper. I do. You sometimes. look like Adam, like he was a grandpa or something. No, nah, I do sometimes. Like, that's what I'm saying. Not a lot of people okay. still do that, so that's respect because I got some too that I do. yeah. Like if I'm in the mood, I'll do it. Hundred percent. But yeah. listen to this: being this vulnerable makes music better, and I think I that's what enhances any type of album. I look and want to push back on what you said, Steve, about the length of albums. Albums. Uh, Adam supports you on this on this route, but yeah, too uh, short. I just feel like just because our generation now we have short attention spans, we want short albums. But back then, albums were a lot longer, and we everyone enjoyed them, their classics, etc. I just don't think we can cope with uh, long albums nowadays. Yeah, it's, I think it just depends on who puts out the long albums. Like if it's Drake, obviously people are gonna listen yeah. to it. But if it's like mm-hmm. somebody like me, like come <laughs> on, like especially at this sta- yeah. day and age, at this stage, mm-hmm. probably not. So it just depends yeah. on what you you're, prefer. So you're just, play, you're just playing the game, essentially. You're just playing the game and working on focus on the business aspect. You got to keep it a little bit short and the song's a little bit short. That's just what's going on now. And that's the easiest way for people to dig- digest it, essentially, right? Yeah. Like, essentially, bro, I'm just I'm just doing whatever. I'm running around everywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't <laughs> yeah. stick to one place. I just, what can I find? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. My, my thing is that, like, in the 2000s and 90s, you bought an album. And even if you didn't like it, you paid $10, which is now a full month's worth to pay Apple Music to have access to every song ever made. So if I, if I bought this album, I'm going to listen to it front and back because I spent $10 on it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. now, it can be hard. So we were talking about Logic before, and I lo- made me fall in love with concept albums. So it can be hard for me because on one hand, the first song on the album should be the best song because if you're a small artist, you need to get people in to the album right mm-hmm. away. On the other hand, I want the intro song to sound like an intro song. Like to yeah. me, like there's a vibe to the intro song that's supposed to produce something. So I'm curious like how you feel about that. Cause I'll go back and forth. Like this song doesn't fit as the second song, but it's the best song. So it probably should be up here in the album. That's like my biggest thing with making music and like just seeing people's albums. Cause like, I'm not no Anthony Fantano, but I do critique a little bit. If I don't, yeah. a song fits in a specific spot. But I do feel like a lot of stuff becomes more playlisty now, like from bigger artists than it is from independent. I feel like independent. Yeah. I feel like this is just me. The internet can hate me for it. I don't care. But I feel like being <laughs> an independent artist and like oh, still on the rise and rise, I feel like it, they're more musically in tune than like rappers per se in the mainstream nowadays. That's just what I would think. But like, that's what I do with my albums. Like I'll, I'll have a ton of songs and I'm just like, which ones go back to back the best, but which one sounds like an intro and which one doesn't. Like when I first started, I knew which one I wanted and I knew which one I wanted to end, which that's what happens with Wandering Out Loud. Like I knew which one I wanted and I knew which one I, I made those two first before I made anything else. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, I mean, yeah. It helps create the vibe of the album. Like I've had, a, I, I've sent you this song, but I've had a song for over a year that I just know is the intro to the album, and it just has that vibe to it. And my brother's like, I don't know. It's like a pretty slow song to start. I'm like, it just <laughs> encapsulates how I felt the past year way too well. And he's not a music guy, so he's coming from the perspective of someone who isn't listening to rap the way we listen to rap. But yeah. I, I mean, fuck it. If people are gonna listen, they're gonna, they're gonna <laughs> get this thing in order of how I thought this would look. <laughs> Yeah, that's not. I don't think so. That's the thing with me too, because like 
a lot of people that listen to the music, especially like around here that just know of me, like they just, they always, they critique things that are like, you just wouldn't think about, I would say. Like sometimes somebody said like one of my vocal yeah. pitches on the hook was like, you should have shortened it a little bit lower and it probably would have been better. I'm just like, yeah, maybe, I guess. I don't know. I don't think about it like that. He's like, but the song still bangs. I'm like, okay, <laughs> then why are we talking? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, yeah. I'll take it. That's, that's, that's actually very specific feedback though. <laughs> it is. Which I that's re- better than I respect someone it. like, I'm not very. You send someone your album and they'll be like, yeah. they'll be like yo, the beats you picked were fire. I'm like, that's, that's the only feedback. I'm like, I rapped. I, I didn't even make the beats, so don't compliment oh, the beats too much. I hate that sometimes because I know what I want, and when I they're like, man, the beat, the production is crazy. I'm just like, well, I feel like I didn't do anything. I feel like it's an instrumental album at that point. It's just a playlist of instrumentals. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and you'll well, send hey. me stuff, and I try because I love I love your beat choice. So I try to yeah, <laughs> I make it a small compliment, but every beat you pick is actually. Because you mm-hmm. got that same taste as me. It's very Monte Booker, Smino, J.I.D. type production choices, Saba. Any, any whole kind of like Dreamville, yeah. Chicago rap scene. Yeah, anything. Well, I grew up with that, so that's kind of... Hey, like, but listen to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Adam said, the production slaps, but the biggest thing about you is you're really big on collaboration, which I think is really important for independent artists. Throughout your albums, you have plenty of collabs. How does that go back? Uh, talk about the origin of CQCX and just your process of picking features. Oh, man. I think that would be the most underrated skill that I have. Like, if I was to have any skill, that would be one that I'd pick that I know for sure I can mm-hmm. use to the fullest extent. Like, I know how to... You know how people say, like, like West Side Gun says he's, like, the best curator in hip-hop? Yeah. I feel like I could probably run... I could probably run him some change for that. I feel like sometimes I can pick... Yeah. <laughs> just from blatantly hearing somebody... And like hearing a beat, I'd be like, I know who sounds perfect for this. And I know where the direction could go. And most times that's what happens. I would say like that's the one skill that I have. If I don't have anything else, that'd be like the one that I pinpoint. But and people get mad at me sometimes too. Be like, you have too many collaborations on your album. I'm like, bro, I don't care. Saba has collab like Saba has like two songs by himself on every one of his albums besides Care for Me. And they still slap. It's like it does not matter as long as I'm putting yeah. my presence on there. And I get I get it trying to be more individual, like making your own stuff, which I have like a project or two, like just was just me. But at the same time, it's like I just love when I love hearing other people's perspective on a song that I made. That's just what makes collaboration so good. So like Geo Jenkins, for example, bro, he's a superstar. When I heard Magnificent, I said, I already know who I want for the hood. Boom, happened. And on the album, I like that I'm trying to think of who the feature was um it's on the it's not uh, it's not kareem it's the guy right after that um oh kid ziggy, kid ziggy. So someone who is a, a little bit different style than you compared to the other features on the album so how does that one how do you choose him for that feature um, what made you want to go with that change up of style uh ziggy ziggy's basically one of my friends and i don't know if you guys noticed okay. he's big on tiktok right now like he's he made a song called illinois cowboy I don't know if you've heard of it, but it was like it's been big on TikTok right now. He's like been in the more country rap lane, and it's been working for him. But okay, he just hit. He just heard it one day when I was like in the group chat, and he's like, "Hey, let me hop on this." I was like, "All right, bet." And he sent it back like the next day, and that's just how it works. Like I don't, I don't put no thoughts into it most times. Yeah, and how did you guys? How did the collective like find each other? Like, how do you guys even form slash agree to do that? 
And like, what was that even been like? You talking about with Ziggy or just CQCX? No, C CQCX. CQCX. I don't know, bro. I was, I'm the latest member. Like, they were already a thing. And uh -huh. we just got close. And the, all of them are basically like family to me now. Like Tyler, King, yeah. Sav, Geo, um, uh, LDB, G, uh, Nat, everybody else. Like, I even went to King's wedding. That's how close we got. So it's like, wow. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. And we're talking about so Tyler, even like, like Art, Art Tyler, right? Talking about TB? Yeah, the, the one yeah, of the art covers. Legend. Yeah, the GOAT. Oh, y'all are really stacked. Are you guys all from Illinois? Wow. Or um, you guys kind of met through social No, met through social media? King, wow. King and me are from Illinois. King's from Chicago, I believe. Sav's from South Carolina, I think. Um, Geo is from, Geo's for my, he's from Mississippi. Um, LDB, Damn. he's from Utah, I believe. And then Tyler's from yeah, Virginia. Wow, you're diverse as hell. And I know Tyler's on all your covers. Tyler fucking. Hey, bro. He's so good. Yep. I'm never going to use anybody else for a cover unless it was a Virgil and he's not with us no more. So that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're go I, I want to bring him on because I'm just so curious about like just his creative process because mm -hmm. he kills it. You need I mean, uh, the, Win the Winslow cover is sick. Like it looks like one of those like when you're entering a new state and it's like welcome to New Jersey. It's like Winslow. Yeah. That was the whole process of doing that. He just. He just balled out on that. That's one of my favorite covers too. So yeah. So for one for wandering, did you know what you wanted? Like, how did you go about that for the cover? Uh, if you ever notice that you said the postcard with Winslow, wandering out loud is yeah. a passport. So Winslow, I made that in the middle of college. So it's like, wow, yeah. hey, welcome. Wow. Wandering wow. out loud is me leaving like where I'm from, the stalemate, stablemate. Sick. Yeah. So that was the whole process of it. But and to go back to the collective, so how do they do they like recruit you? Like how does that even work? Are they just like this kid's dope? Let's let's add him to the group chat and see if you like fuck with <laughs> I think I don't think it was more recruitment. I think it was just more like I interacted with them so many times that it just worked. Yeah. And I think that's like a key for independent artists is doing those small interactions. Sometimes people don't just you can't just like DM Ebe from Dreamville and be like, <laughs> listen to my music. But like the goal would be that, I mean, he's a big person to use this as an example, but if there's someone you want to hear your music instead of just like shoving it down their throat, you like interact with them just so they know you're a yeah. fan. Like they'll, it'd be the same way. Like if someone asked us for an interview, but didn't follow us or ever interact with sound centric, it's like, no, like we'd rather give the chance to someone who's constantly interacting with the program. And I mean, you're great at using Twitter. You're constantly posting videos. Like what's your process with that? I was saying, it's just more of the staying active part with me. That's a lot of it. I mean, there's no real cookie cutter around it. Like, just staying active. Sometimes I can't upload stuff with Wi-Fi, so we already on that. Yeah. Wi-Fi is ass here, so anybody who knows that, it's I'm on my computer. <laughs> it's a new world right now. But other than that, yeah, just staying active. I just try to keep up with my peers, to be honest. And I think... When I hit Tyler up for the, because our first cover together was the Magnificent cover. Um, we hit up for that, and then I was like, all right, bet we're going to go from here. And when we went from there, it just became like, oh, me and him had a bigger relationship than, like, the rest of us. And then he just kind of, like, put me on to King, LDB, Sav, and Gio. And I was like, oh, cool. And then we just start all just yeah. interacting every day. And then it just, he's like, they, they took, apparently they took a vote, and they were all like, yeah. And then just group chats the next day. I was like, all right, Ben, I know what I'm doing. <laughs>
Yeah. That'd be that'd be fun if you found out like one of them was like, nah. And you're like, man, fucking slob. Why was <laughs> he trying to get me on? <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't want me in the collective. Yeah. But yeah I took their opinion. In terms of being... I was going to say, in terms of being a collective, how does business work amongst you guys? Um, in terms of since everybody puts, I'm assuming, effort into a specific project and you may get revenue, how does that work? And also when you're working together, when people contribute to your work, um, is it still a business-minded thing or is it a relationship um, where it's like we work together, it's all together, um, money is not a factor here? I think it was more a relationship thing. Like we never, I never, if you're, if you're the homie, I'm never going to make you pay. That's just me. But like, that's just how our relationship works is a lot of it is. Yeah. I mean, for Tyler, it's different because he's not an artist. So we pay him for his work because he deserves it. And I'm not saying the others don't deserve it for being artists. Cause I've definitely, I think I've tried to pay a few like King or Sav or something for a feature just cause they earned it. But at the same time, like from the artist perspective, we don't. But like from Tyler's perspective, we do just because that's it's a different aspect of the genre we're in. Yeah, hundred percent. What's your opinion um, when it comes to independent artists? Um, I guess it kind of depends if they are part time or full time. Um, but I always tell Adam this: like me and my collective, what we do, we are like hundred percent in, and it's all relationship based. Um, we don't believe in at least within the collective of letting money be a factor just because we're in it to rise together. And you can't blow up if you're putting each person down in a sense. You want to get there together. Once you're there, then you can discuss the money. But what's your opinion? Do you think that people should still be able to charge an arm and a leg? I know producers are an issue. Adam talks about it all the time with yeah. YouTube producers and their different tier plans. And you only get one live performance as if you know where I perform. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> uh, I think what y'all are doing, that's how I would do it. I think it definitely, they deserve yeah. it from a business perspective, but like mm -hmm. if they're not biting on it, then it's not just leave it alone. That's how I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes yeah sense. Shit can get so expensive just making an album. I remember like budgeting out my thing and like I want Tyler to hypothetically do the art and say he's charging like 150 for the cover. I'm like, man, I can go on Canva right now and try to work something up because I don't have the money to pay for the single cover and for the album cover and for maybe another single cover. And then on top of that, like each beat's like a $30 at the minimum for the lease. Shit, shit adds up. And the mix, I know we've talked about the mix. I'm like, you know what? My mix is fine. <laughs> we'll see if we can go with this. That's, a, that's the one thing about albums. Like an independent artist, you've got to spend everything out of pocket. You don't got a label's money. Yeah. So, And then a lot of it, like what you said, like I think his, personally me, I think his prices are too low just for what he does because he, he's oh, done a lot. They're fine. Yeah, yeah, they're completely like great prices. Just for me right now, I'm like hundred fifty dollars. I, I get that. Though. I get that though because I've done the same thing to him. I'm like, oh, I don't really have the money right now, so I'm just like, I'm kind of slacking. But I was like, we can figure something out. And at the start, we did, but like now, I just make sure I have it all full now, so it doesn't be like, yeah, he has to be hit me up, be like, hey, you said you're gonna pay on this day, you know? I just make sure I have it. But like, if I don't have it, like, I'm like you, I'm just like, ah. Oh, I'll just wait. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, they're expensive. Even mainstream albums, like they cost thousands of dollars. I'm trying to find the exact price here, but people have spent like $50,000, $40,000. It might be for Dark Twisted Fantasy. Albums like top tier, what Travis is doing with Utopia and Astral World, they cost a lot. And you really have to put in 
effort to make the album, you know? Like, it's not a joke, clearly. When you're an independent artist, you're putting everything into it, and that's how you got to lead with. Yeah. I would love to have $50,000 to spend because then I could just buy all the beats straight up and get all the revenue instead of splitting. But at the same time, like, uh, I'll just go with, like, the middle lease, the end lease, and then we'll just let it rock. Because a lot of those streams that they have on leases are unrealistic. I yeah. underestimated too. It, they said Life of Pablo is five million. That's crazy to make. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, like, he has all those features. Mm-hmm. When it comes to when it comes to his revenue splits, like man, if if a producer reaches out to me, like you use my song and I credit them, but I'm like, dude, you can take all ten cents the song made. You, I, I will give you full profit share. <laughs> you, you didn't miss out. Too much. <laughs> That's how it is for me because there was on DistroKid. There was some, you know, you go through Distro, Adam. Or you already want to go through a distro? Yeah, I go through distro. So I went through um, Distro. That's like my main source, Distro Kid. And then um, I'll do the splits when I get the albums or the singles mm-hmm. I'll put up. And most of the um, producers on there don't even have a profile on Distro Kid. So I, I actually paid out of my own pocket $100 for them to get their own um, profile. I did that so they can get their really? stream. Because I'm big on giving back. And like half of them didn't yeah. even... Like one song, one song had I made like twenty dollars off of and they're just like having so it's just sitting there yeah i guess you could always in the future just like hit them up and be like i have you <laughs> i'm gonna put this in my bank account i was yeah. you and like sometimes <laughs> versus making all yeah. but sometimes i've tried to hit them up and like email them or like instagram dm wherever they can be and like i don't try to heckle them but like hey i got this if you're still wanting it like it's here like i'm not taking it so yeah yeah. Hey, respect. Uh, you gotta, you gotta respect these artists for putting their time in. I respect that you actually went out of your way to make an account for them. I'm not gonna do that. Ever I mean, that's pretty crazy. I'm not that. doing that ever. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> um, but just to finish things up, we love to hear from independent artists what advice they would give to indie artists. So, what is your piece of advice? Oh man, you guys got me a spot right here. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, I got a good one. That's gonna. Probably melt some heads. Okay. So Quantity over quality is fine. If you're an independent artist, it is fine. The quality, yes, should still be there, but quantity over quality isn't a bad thing. You can go either way. It doesn't matter. But I would say just keep your foot on the gas. Not releasing. Don't be like me when I first started and just want to release every other month, which I did, I did. I, I'm still doing that. Like, uh, I'll meet you guys in the middle of September, October. We'll, we can chat about that later. But yeah. Like, make sure you have stuff stashed. Make sure you're like semi prepared. And having quantity over quality isn't a bad thing. I know a lot of people are going to be like yeah. fighting over that. I mean, I can see both sides. I'm not a type of person to burn bridges over an opinion. A lot, to be honest, I don't have a lot of opinions. I just try not to like fancy That's them. Longer. So like. That would be like one that I would say is like, don't get caught up in what people say about that particular thing. Just be more caught up about how you can be better. Because sometimes quantity over quality, you're making more quantity. You're finding yourself within what you actually want to make and what you sound good in and uh, progressing within your vocals, within your actual rapping, your writing. It's a whole thing. So, I mean, don't try to just stick to one thing. Always try to, I wouldn't say genre bend, but in the sense genre bend, your evolution. If that makes any sense. 
Yeah. I think it's helpful to drop a lot. I mean, in high school, I would drop a song right after I made it. And maybe sometimes I should have lived with the song a little bit longer because definitely music I've made where I'm like, I don't like it anymore <laughs> versus like what I made now. I'm like, if I like it a year later, like it must be some. You want to know something? You want to know something that's crazy? People roast me for this. Now I like, mm-hmm. now I do not like the end of your record. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. I can't listen really? to my, I, I can't listen to my, my old music. Sometimes I'll hear a song. I'll be like, oh, hey, that, that was a good one. Why didn't I carry that momentum? And I'm like, ugh, I can't listen to that shit. And then I, I haven't released music in two years. So people only know me for what came out two years ago. So my school friends will mention a song. And I'm like, or if I meet someone and they're like, you make music? Like, can I see it? I'm like, I don't want to what's that right now. <laughs> the new stuff's better. It'd be like that sometimes. Though. I got people from my high school be like, dude, I remember when you always said, thought you were joking when you said you would drop a mixtape. I didn't know you had a whole catalog. I said, eh. happens, yeah. bro. But let me let me ask you this about about that album. Were you working on that project completely solo, or did you still have some support compared to like being with um, your collective? Now, I didn't start being with CQCX till this last album. I was doing all that. I did that so in Winslow all by myself. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense too. Like you, Adam, too. Like you did that album by yourself. You really had no help, and that's tough doing that by yourself. And it starting is, out with your first project as a beginner, it's not going to be exactly how you yeah, want it. It's like, it's basically like doing anything from scratch and having to figure out what direction mm-hmm. you want to go. And like I said, I know I say I don't really like it, but it's my baby. Like that's my first introduction to the world. So a lot of people gravitate towards it, which a lot of my top songs are from that album. Me personally, like, yeah, I love it, but like at the same time, I don't. I think it's what, what Adam was yeah. saying, like, People go back to the songs more, but it's just like, uh, I feel like my new stuff's a lot more shelled yeah. out. Yeah. The cool part is, is you can see what your, you can see what your mind state was like at that time, which is always a fun part of like, I can go to high school and be like, oh, I remember like, that's why, <laughs> how I felt when I wrote that yeah. song. But I know like freshman, freshman year of college, I got really into storytelling and like Kendrick Lamar vocal inflections. And I can't listen to my album because I'm doing way too much of my voice. That is not sound. From a person. From a person who does it all the time, I understand. Oh, yeah, I see the eye tattoo on the arm. So clearly, Kendrick is your Uh, guy. Yeah, I saw that. Yep. People thought it was. Oh, yeah. People thought it was a blood script thing. I'm like, that's that's not what that means. (laughs) That's what I was looking at. I was looking at it sideways, so I didn't realize it was a letter. (laughs) What do you. What do you prefer? What do you prefer more, the live version on the album or the radio version of I? Because like sometimes I'll go through a for me, like, it's phase the live on YouTube, looking up like to pimp a butterfly reactions, and I know Fantano said he loves a live version. I think I gotta go yeah, live. He version swapped too. it out anyways. The single he released was the radio version. Then oh, after yeah, like yeah. he got, some I think the live version fits the album better. Yeah, what an album! It keeps falling off my wall behind me. What, a, hey, what an album, bro! What an album! Hey, Kendrick's the goat, but also you too, man. You deserve your flowers. We appreciate you so much for being here. If you haven't heard his album yet, "Wandering Out uh, Loud," yeah. please go and check it out Bump right it. now. Put it in the description. But thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next one. We'll see ya. Yeah, peace.